we've got a lot we've got to cover, and so I do want to jump in. Last week, we started a series we're calling The Authority of the Believer. You know, we talked about our enemy, Satan. We talked about the battle we're in, whether we like it or not. Uh, we're born into this battle. Praise God, because of Jesus, we have the victory. Amen? Say it with me. I have the victory through my Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. You do, praise God. He said that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And uh, so we have the victory. And so we're going to continue on this series. And, you know, I'm going to approach this maybe a little different than than some of you uh, may have heard teaching along this line. Uh, You may have read some books on, there's several on the authority of the believer. There's believer's authority that it's been turned around by uh, different ministers. But the idea is to teach us that is there authority that we have that we may not even be aware of that we could be exercising? And most of us in this room, we know these things. We know that we do, but we need to reinforce that. You know, a lot of what helps us is when we learn why. When we learn the why, doesn't it help us? How many of you ask the questions or have been asked, I should say, by little children? You know, you say, go do something, and the first thing is what? Why? why see we do that too you may not approach me and say why but you think lord why (laughs) why why that way why why i mean did you ever read some of the old testament and have the question why well lord why how many how many believe he has a reason and a purpose for everything everything god has done he's not done it a certain way because (laughs) he you know, just didn't have anything better to do, and so let's just go ahead and drive them a little nuts and get them to ask why this and why that and, you know, keep us on our toes. He has a purpose. He has a reason. You know, there's something I was thinking about the other day, and that is this, that in life sometimes we can think about all the things that the Lord has for us to do and follow according to His Word, And I I was thinking primarily because I was reading some in the Old Testament and I was looking at some of the the, the rules and some of the things they had to do. And then I realized every single thing, guys, that we have in God's Word, listen closely, everything that we have in God's Word is for our benefit. You see, Jesus didn't come because He had a problem with sin. He came because we had a problem with sin. Everything that we have, everything that God asks of us or requires of us or wants us to do is because of our benefit. He's okay. How many believe he's, he's okay? He doesn't need our help. You know what I'm saying? He is God Almighty. He's, he's okay. He's covered. He didn't need the help. We need the help. And so sometimes you might be asking, why, Lord? Why did you choose that route? Sometimes, you know, people might ask that. You know, Psalm 23 talks about walking through the valley of the shadow of death, right? What does that mean? It means going through some scary times. But what does he say? He's who's with us. He's with us, right? Do you guys not remember? Do we need to go to Psalm 23? He said, I will be with him, right? He's with me. He's there, right? He's the one holding my hand walking me through now why did he pick that direction in other words if the lord is directing me and leading me why did he lead me through the valley of the shadow of death he has his reasons maybe that was the quickest way (laughs) to get me through it maybe while i was on the way and he's directing me he's also showing me some things and training me 
See, sometimes we think things need to be a certain way or we have in our mind. Lord, um, it's like when we pray, Lord, if you'll just do this and this and this and this. Like we have our own plans. And what we're essentially doing is telling God how to be God. And he's smarter than we are. He knows more than we are. Trust him. Amen? I'm talking about trust him. Trust his word. Trust your spirit as you're following the Lord. And know that he's with you. That he'll never leave you. That he'll never forsake you. That he's always there. Amen? And so it's good for us to remember, I'm not saying he's leading us through dark times to show us dark times. It might be, again, the best route to get where we need to be. Amen? Now, who's the life giver? He is. He's not the life taker. He's not the source of your problems. He's not the reason you're having the challenge. Half the time, it's... it's. <laughs> listen to me, we'd love to blame the devil on every little minor thing, but you're the one that made some of the decisions you made. I'm the one that made some of the decisions I made. So now I'm like, Lord, get me out of this mess. And he says, okay, I'm going to get you out of the mess. I'm going to head you in the right direction. Might be a little bit of painful, though. See, if you would have listened to me the first time, we would have avoided this. We could have you know, solved that problem. Boy, we all need to say amen to that one. You know, If we would have went to him to begin with, we probably could have avoided that. But see, we, we knew what we were doing. You know, that's why you don't pray when you want to do certain things. Because I really don't want to hear what he's got to say. But Lord, this new car, it just smells so good. I got to have it. And I got to have it now, no matter what I have to do. And we don't consider maybe we should pray and ask, you know, the master, the Lord, is it okay to buy it right now? Because he might say, don't do it now, son. If you'll wait just a little bit down the road, I get you a better deal. But oh, we had to have it. Had to do it. Had to do it. Had to do it. You know, see, we got flesh, and boy, our flesh is powerful. It drives us. The one thing about the Lord you need to understand, He never drives you. He never pushes you. He gently leads you. See, the devil, what does he do? He's like a bullock. He just pushes. He's always you always have to do it now. You know, somebody's trying to sell you on something. Make a decision right now. That's not God. Everybody say amen. I just taught you something. That's free bonus. It's an appetizer. All right. <laughs> All right, go to Genesis chapter 1. Let's jump in the message. Genesis chapter 1. We're going to do some reading. You ready? And so uh, I'm reading out of the New King James Version. Hopefully that's what you have. That's what I preach out of most of the time. Um, but Genesis chapter 1, we're going to read verses 1 all the way through 25, all right? So you ready? All right. Genesis 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now, I want you to notice something. As we go into verse 3, that you're going to begin to see a pattern here. All right, all the way through verse 24, literally. Verse 3, then God said. If you got something to mark your Bible, I would underline that. Then God said. All right, then God said. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Amen? How many know when God speaks, it's done? All right? God said, then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. Everybody say it was good. 
That's something else you're going to notice. You're going to notice three things. That God said, that it was so, or that it became, and that it was good. All right? Now, verse 5. God, yeah, God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Verse 6. Then God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, so the evening and the morning were the second day. Verse 9, Then God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And verse 10, And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Verse 11, Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself, on the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the third day. Are you seeing this pattern? God said it was so. It was good. Verse 14, Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons, for days and years, and let them be for the lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth, And it was so. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night, to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Verse 20, Then God said, Let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures. And let birds fly above the earth across the firmament of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded according to their kind. And every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters and the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Verse 24, Then God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth, each according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Now, I read all that for a purpose and a reason. There's a couple things if you're taking notes, I want you to write down. Number one, God said, and then it became. God said, and then it became. So God said, and then it comes into existence. Or it was so. It happened like He said. God said, and then it became. And then God saw that it was good. God saw that what he had done was good. In other words, think about this for a moment. God saw 
that it was good. What does it mean? God's looking at what he had said, thumbs up. In other words, <laughs> I like it. That's the way it should be. I, I, it's good. It's good. It's good. Now, do you think he meant it? If God said it was good, then it's what? It's good. I don't care what you think. If God said it's good, it's good. All right? Now, I, I want you to see beyond God just saying, well, that's good. Like, you know, I like a cold diet Pepsi, some good crispy fries, and a bacon cheeseburger occasionally. Man, that's good. Do not compare the two. All right? God didn't have that kind of attitude. God was making a statement. God saw that it was good. All right? The Creator saw that what He had made, yeah, that's it. That's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. That's right. All right? So I want you to see something. Before anything became. God spoke it first. Now, I'm not telling you anything new, but I would please tonight, don't begin to think ahead of me. Think, oh, I know that, and he's going to say this, this, this. Don't, don't go there, because don't, you're, you're going to be wrong. Okay? And so, I, but I want you to see something, that yes, we know this. Before anything became, God spoke it first, and the Holy Spirit's showing us something. Before God does anything, he speaks it first. Everything you see in Genesis, boom, 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 boom. Nothing happened until God said something. All right? So God always speaks first. So in verse 1, if we went back, what would it say? In the beginning, right? In the beginning, God created. In the beginning, everybody say it with me. In the beginning, God created. Now, just go dot, 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 you know. So in the beginning, God created. But I want you to, to ask, how did he create? He spoke words. Everybody say words. So he spoke words. He released words from his lips. In other words, God releases his faith through words. All right? Through words. So there's two things I want you to remember out of this. Please write these down. Very, very important. All right? I catch anybody looking at me, that means you're not writing it down. All right? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> two things I want you to write down. Number one, God will not violate His Word. God will not violate His Word. He won't go around it. He won't fail it. He will not violate His Word. Number two, God never changes. God never changes. Now, what I could say here is that He never... Listen carefully. He never reverses His decision and takes it back. All right? It's important that you understand that. That God will never or will not violate the words that He spoke and He never changes. He will never change His mind. He won't go back and say, nah, I didn't mean it that way. Nah, I didn't. Okay. Now remember the creation thing we went through. Remember God said it. It was so. And it was good. Alright? God said it. It was so. And it was good. 
God never violates his word or will not violate his word, and he never changes. What I'm trying to say is this, that once he created something, that is the way it is. Once he created something, that is the way it is. God said all the things that he created were good. They were good. And like I said a moment ago, if God says they're good, they're good. I mean, they're good according to God Almighty, the Creator. Now, I want you to see something here. Nothing new has been created on the earth since God was finished with creation. Now, I know you you think you know that, but you need to stop and think about it because has not the world landscape changed? Right? It's changed dramatically. I mean, we have skyscrapers all over the world and we have gotten to the point where we have actually created islands you know we have done all kinds of things all over the planet but what i want you to see is this that nothing new has been created on this planet since god created it or when he was finished with creation in other words everything that we can see Everything that's been built has been taken from creation. But nothing new has been added since in the beginning. Absolutely nothing new has been added and nothing has been taken away. So everything on this earth was on this earth at the beginning of creation when this occurred and is still here today. It is exactly what God created. Nothing more and nothing less, okay? That's very, very important. You might say, well, where are you going with this? You'll see in a moment. Whatever is on this planet is on this planet. Why? Because he was done with creation. He created it. He said it. It was so, and it was good. His stamp's on it. That's the way it's going to be. There's no changing it. In other words, everything that was here from the beginning is here now. All right. Now let me give you a couple scriptures that I want you to cement in your heart. You need to meditate on these things again after tonight over the next week. Number one, Psalm 89, verse 34. I'm doing something. I'm building up to something here. Psalm 89, verse 34. My covenant I will not break, nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. Now I want you to think about this. This is God speaking. My covenant I will not break, but listen what he said, nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. I will not alter in any way, shape, or form the words that have gone into my lips. What is he saying? I will not violate what I have spoken. I will not violate it. My word will not change. Okay? James 1.17 Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. That's good, but listen to the last part. With whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. He does not change. No variation, no shadow of turning. That means what he said is done. There's no changing it. It's not possible. He will not violate his word. He does not change. I'll give you one more. Hebrews 13, 8. Most of you know this one. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, 
and forever. All right? You need to understand something. God does not change. He does not change. We change. Culture changes, right? The shape of things in this world changes in regards to how things look, you know, how things appear, uh, new technologies, all the different things that have come about. But the earth itself has not changed. Why? Because God said it, and it was so, and it was good, and it's done. Nothing has been added, and nothing has been taken away, and you cannot change His Word. Does everybody get where I'm going so far? You can't, everybody say it with me, God will not change. Say it with me, He will not violate His Word. Say He will not alter anything that comes out of His lips. Everybody solid on that so far? All right, now let me land the plane, okay? Let me show you where we're going tonight. What we learned here so far is that God's method of operation doesn't change. And that's what we've talked about so far. What's God's method of operation? Well, He says it. (laughs) It's so. It's good. That's it. It doesn't change. It's beyond cemented. (laughs) It is beyond. It cannot change. It is because God has spoken it. And he will not alter the thing that's gone out of his lips. And there's no power, no enemy, no nothing that can cause God's word to fail. It is done. I mean, there's, I don't even know how word to do it because we don't understand anything that's not changeable. Is everything in your life changeable? Pretty much. I mean, everything. We, we have a hard time with this done i mean it's it cannot be changed okay but that's the 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 mindset i want you to be thinking about as we move on so with i said everything i've said so far to bring us here go with me to genesis chapter 1 and let's look at verse 26 all right genesis 1 26 let's look at man where man comes in then god said everybody say it with me then god said Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. I would underline, let them have dominion and over all the earth. So God makes man in His image, according to His likeness. And He says, let them have dominion over all the earth. Over all. Everybody say it with me. Over all the earth. Now, I want you to see something. Did God have a method of operation that we looked at? It didn't change in verse 26. The same thing that we read. Let there be light. It was, you know, there was light. So every single thing that we read, the nothing has changed, nothing has been taken away, nothing can be added to it, it is what it is. He didn't change when man came along. You see, we need to understand that God has never violated His creation. Once God said it, He doesn't change. It's done. 
It is done. It is the way it is. So, for example, as we said, everything in the earth at creation is still here. There's nothing new. All things that were, are available on this planet were here all along. God has not in any way, shape, or form and will not violate His creation on earth. That includes you and me. This planet is subject to authority. Whose authority is it subjected to? It is subjected to authority, but where did we get the authority from? God, all right? He gave that authority to us. This planet is subject to authority. Why? Because God said, let them have dominion over all the earth. How did he create light? He said it. He said, let there be light, and there was light, and it was good. He said, let man have dominion over all the earth, and it was so, and it was good. In other words, (laughs) he said those words, so this world... Listen to me carefully, because some of you, you sort of kind of get it. You're not getting it yet. This planet is subject to authority. This earth is subject to authority. Authority was issued by words. Whose words? God's words that cannot change, that are irrevocable. They are everything in creation was set in motion, and so was that. And it cannot be changed. The Word of God, listen to me carefully, this is a Word planet. And the Word of God created this planet, this earth. The Word of God issued authority. Authority is conveyed through words. God gave His Word. Let them have dominion over all the earth. I'm telling you guys, say it with me. Say, I have dominion on this earth. So that means what? That the earth is subject to who? To you. To you. That is a powerful, powerful thing. It's it's almost hard to describe that God gave us dominion it doesn't mean that we're the top of the pack you know like lions would be in you know out in the wherever you know where lions are (laughs) but what i mean is it doesn't mean granted we are the top of the pack but why are we the top of the pack why are animals afraid of us yeah i mean think about it what do they always say well, the, the rattlesnake is doing its thing. Why? It, it, is it, it, does it think, I'll terrify him because I'm so big and bad? Or what is it thinking? I Hopefully, if I do this, he'll go away because <laughs> he scares me. Right? I mean, think about it now. Why does man seem to run the earth? Even sinners, even just man in general. Why? We have dominion on the earth. We have, it's evident in the animal kingdom with us. We're the top of the pack. There's no one badder than us, so to speak. You know, we are, why? Because we have dominion. Even though there's the fall, man still has dominion. He still has authority. All right. 
Now, let's go a little bit further. And I'm going to give you just enough tonight to just cut you off and just get you to think about it, just meditate on it, all right? So man, I want you to see, man is unique in all of creation. God did something very creative, different when he made us. We are, you notice that we were made last, all right? He did everything, and what did he do after he made us? He took a break. (laughs) In other words, we were the crown, so to speak, on everything that he had made that was good. And what did he say when he made man? Anybody remember? He didn't just say we were good. What did he say? Very good. Very good. Everybody say very good. Well, doesn't very good trump good? Think about it, how God thought of us. I imagine angels, and of course the Bible talks about, who is man that you're mindful of them? I mean, the angels were looking at that when God was creating man, angelic forces were watching, and they were puzzled. Why is God so wrapped up in them? I mean, what is so special about us? We are unique. Well, one of the ways that we're unique is that we are far beyond anything that God had created up to that point. God created man, and you need to see this as really special. God created man in his image. Now, what is God? God is a spirit, all right? Everybody, everybody say it with me. God is a spirit. Okay, you can't see God in the natural, all right? I can see results. Obviously, we're here, so creation worked, didn't it? I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's trees outside and grass on the ground, so apparently uh, birds in the air, right? I mean, you know, uh, deer out there, things like that. So apparently things happen just exactly like he said. Isn't it amazing everybody wants to say we descended from apes, this exploded and that happened, and, and I'm thinking, wow, though, I read the Bible and then I'm looking around. Things pretty much look like what they said, right? Amen, you know. Um, if you want to be a, you know, monkey's uncle or whatever, then be my guest. But anyway, listen, though, uh, what's so special about man? Man was made in the image of God. Man is a spirit being like God. No one has been created like God. I mean, we are created in the very image of God Almighty, a spirit being. Not only were we a spirit being, but God took us and he gave us a physical body. And he gave us a soul. And that soul contains our mind and our will and our emotions. God created us. You need to stop and think about this. God created man a free will, free moral agent. He gave us a will to choose. When God made angels, they had no will in order to choose. They were made and they would do exactly what God would have them do, period. They didn't have a choice. You understand that? But God made man with a free will, an absolute free will to choose what he would do. I mean... Adam is the perfect example of somebody messing it up right off the start. 
But he had, he had the choice. He had the ability to choose to follow God or not follow God. And that's what God wanted. He wanted us to have a choice that we would love Him because we wanted to of our own free will, not because we were made to serve Him and serve Him only. We were made unique. I mean, no wonder, no wonder Satan was having a fit. Think about it. God makes us in His image. Remember, what did Satan want? He wanted to be like God. He wanted to kick the Son of God out and take His place. He wanted to sit on the throne. And God made us king's kids. He made us in His image. Wow, that had to hurt. I mean, think about it now. I mean, Satan's on the outside looking. There's nothing he can do about it. I mean, God is making us in his very own image. Why do you think Satan jumped so fast on the situation and what he was doing? But God makes us in his image, but God makes us unique in that he makes us a spirit being in his image and in his likeness and gives us a physical body and gives us a soul with that will to choose and then plants us on the planet earth and gives us dominion over all his creation. Think about it now. What was Satan after? Man, it had to sting. I mean, just watching this whole thing. But man is unique. Genesis 2-7. Why don't you turn there real fast. Genesis 2-7. Real fast. I want you all to see this. You see, God created man more than any other creation that he had created up to that point. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. So you got a picture. I'm picturing he takes a little water and he takes it and he builds a clay thing of man, so to speak. I'm sure it was very sharp. <laughs> After all, this is God, right? And he, he puts it together. He's made out of the dust of the ground, so he had to have made some sort of clay, right? Dust doesn't hold up very well. So he took the ground, the dirt, and he made man from the earth, from the earth. His physical body. Our, not our bodies should be completely compatible with everything on this planet. You ought not go around confessing, I have allergies. You just say, I'm completely compatible with everything on this earth. Why? Because I've been redeemed from the curse of the broken law, and I'm made from the earth. That's why the Bible talks about from dust you came and dust you'll return. What happens to your physical body? It stays here. Everything that was created on the earth stays on the earth. Now, you see God making this man. Genesis 2-7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. So we have this man, who is the spirit, housed in a physical body. He possesses a soul, his mind, will, and emotions. So he is completely unique. Why is he so unique? Why are we so unique? And that's because God made, for the first time, a creation that is connected to two different realms at one time. You see, your spirit is connected to the spirit realm, which is the dominant realm, but it, your flesh is connected to the physical, natural world that God created at the same time. 
So I am a spirit made in the image of God, and I'm in this natural world at the same time. Some of you are getting that, but not getting that. That is so powerful. Now, why would you say, why is that so powerful? Well, think about it for a moment. Man's body became the badge of authority in the earth. Man's body is what allowed him to have authority in this earth. This is why Jesus needed to be born of a woman. He didn't have a body. So Jesus would have no authority on earth as a man without a body. I mean, think about it for a moment. Remember what Jesus said in the Word of God? That God had prepared him a body? (laughs) And that the choice was what? The choice was Mary. That he would be born of a woman. All God. Okay? The seed. All God. All right? But he was born into the world through a woman, and that gave him a body. And that gave him authority on the earth. Otherwise, he couldn't do what he did. He had to come that way. Now you might say, well, what is another reason? Well, why does the Spirit of God, listen to me carefully, why does the Spirit of God want to dwell in our bodies through our spirit? Why does He want that? Because your body gives the Holy Spirit right to express Himself to another human being. You see, you have to have a body on this earth. Why do you think like evil demons and spirits want to control a body? So they can manifest in the earth, but they, have, they can't do anything without it. This is why Satan, listen to me carefully, this is why Satan is considered a spiritual outlaw. He does not have a physical body. He has to have a body. Everybody with me so far? I mean, some of you are like, huh. You know, you just let the Holy Spirit keep on unveiling it to you. So, remember, God's Word is spirit and life. Remember, how did this whole thing get started? God's words, right? That cannot be altered, that cannot change, that must come to pass. God's Word is spirit and life. So, let me help you a little bit. Don't try to keep up with me by looking these up. Write the Scripture down if you want. I want to knit some things together, all right? Genesis 1.27 says, so God created man in his own image. So let's stop there, all right? Everybody, everybody with me so far? God created man in his own image. And in Genesis 2.7, the Bible says that he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Now, some of you, we have all kinds of different images we can conjure up there, you know? You know? Uh, but this, this is what I want you to see that I really do believe is what happened. You ready? God creates and forms man and gets him the way he wants him, all right? Which looks similar to God, all right? We'd be similar to him in height, similar to him in stature. I believe we would look very similar to him. And he makes him, and then what he does, listen carefully. Remember that God breathed in his, his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. How does God create? By His words. So what did He do? I believe that God got right up in that clay face. Right up to Him. (laughs) Listen to me. And He said, Man, be in our image. (laughs) I mean, right there. 
man be in our image and he became a living being like God. His words were released. It wasn't that he went and some spirit thing happened like we might get off a Disney movie or something. I mean, man be in our image. Remember? Light be. And what? Light was. Man he <laughs> man be in our image. And those words, he's right there. Is there not breath coming from his mouth? You get it? He's right there, but he doesn't create with his breath. He creates with his words. And man, be in our image. Man, have dominion. Now, when he said man, have dominion, what went into the operation? The same power that light be went in creation and made it happen. The same thing that happened that brought all the sea creatures to life. The same power that brought the sun and the moon and the stars. He said, man, have dominion. And that words, those power went right into his spirit and the earth knows it. The earth knows it. That is so powerful, it almost blows my mind. My mental mind has a hard time understanding that. That, remember, he cannot alter the thing that has gone out of his lips. You Say it with me, I have dominion on the earth. Now say it like you mean it, like you're not copying. Now I have dominion on the earth. You know what that means? You have dominion over your circumstances. You have dominion on what goes on on the earth. Everything that's on the earth has been on the earth. Nothing's changed. It's just changed forms. You know, we understand more about chemicals and different things. But I still have the same authority. You understand that, guys? That you have, where are all the riches? Are they in heaven? Where are they? You mean all the wealth has been here all along? Where's medicine come from? So the wealth, the medicine, so we got the health taken care of. Everything else come from the earth too? See, I have dominion. Now how do you express that dominion? Your words. Your words. But you have to understand it. Can't you guys tell something just going on in your spirit? It just is almost excited like you can't express it here. But something's there. See, what you need to do is keep on feeding it. Meditate on what we're talking about. Keep on feeding it. Keep on Let the Holy Spirit begin to unveil what we're talking about until all of a sudden you're like, oh, dear God, I get it. I get it. I get it. It's not just in my head. I get it. And you begin to use that authority. But you have to understand that the same authority, the same things that God spoke that we see in everything happened with me and you. That you have dominion. And that's the beginning of the authority of man. That we have dominion. Now, there's a lot of things that have transpired, okay, from just after what we read. But there's nothing negating. You can't take away Genesis 1. God will not alter the thing gone out of his lips. You understand that? No matter what the devil would do, it can't change the fact that God said, man, have dominion. Right? Why do you think the devil wants to use man so bad for? He, the devil has no authority. He has no real power. It's been defeated by the devil. 
But if he can get you and undermine, you undermine yourself by using your own authority against yourself in the earth, he's got you right where he wants you. Amen? I heard somebody say the other day, I was visiting someone in the hospital, and they know not to say certain things and do certain things, and right out of their own mouth, you know, that'll be the death of me. And I'm thinking, how many times do I have to teach this stuff? I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I, you know, or I love that person to death. If you understood the authority and power of words, you're not going to get me to say that. Amen. I love them to life. <laughs> I love them right to heaven, you know. But I'm not going to say anything else. And I'm not going to say, this car will be the death of me. You know, I mean, people, ho, 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 ho. This is real. How many believe Genesis 1 is real? You're here, aren't you? There's pine trees right out the back. It's real. The sun, the moon, the stars, right? It's all real. Same thing as that authority. It's real. And if God said the words out of your mouth matter, they matter. So choose them carefully. Amen. And when you got nothing good to say, what do you do? Everybody say, shut up. All right, just shut up. You know, you have the right, I give you permission to tell your spouse. If they're about to say the wrong thing, tell them, shut up. Pastor said so. <laughs> and you have the right to tell my wife, same thing, you know. Shut up, because it ain't worth it. I remember my, my whole past day were learning these things. And I remember that he was just about to, you know, you ever get pushed to the edge and you just want to say it. And you just want to gripe and complain and, ah, you know, one of the Snickers moments. And the, his wife ran over to him, put her hand on his mouth and said, we cannot afford those words in this house. Don't say them. Don't say them. Don't say them. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Just shut up. And if anything, I'm not going to say anything contrary to what God said. If I'm having a financial problem, don't gripe about it. Praise God that all is well. Amen? It, did he not say that he'd supply all our need according to the riches and glory by Christ Jesus? Everybody say it with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Did God mean what he says and says what he means? Then agree with him and quit saying something else. And you say, but I want to so bad. I so bad want to complain and gripe. Hey, man, I've been there. I mean, I know what it's like. But the fact is, no matter how bad you want to, Go with God. Go with the Word. Amen? And if you can't say anything, then just praise God. Sing in tongues. Amen? Just keep your big bazoo shut. You know, if you can't say anything right. Amen? Praise God.